Throughout my adult life, my focus has been on making the world a more beautiful place. Initially, I pursued this goal as a hairstylist, working on the external appearance of individuals to make them feel more beautiful. However, I wanted more, so I began to shift my focus to helping people make better choices and achieve greater beauty from within. As a transformational life coach, I specialize in helping you identify and change the limiting beliefs that may be holding you back. Join me each week as we discuss, interview, teach, and explore the fundamental principles of healthy relationships. Welcome to Conscious Conversations with Louisa. In today's episode of Conscious Conversations with Louisa, I'm speaking with David McDougall. I am Louisa Yovanovitch, so I cannot wait to introduce David McDougall to you guys because when I met you last year, there was an instant connection. I actually didn't get to know you, and then I saw you again a few months ago, and some of the things that you were sharing blew my mind, so I had to have you on here to share your story. So your bio is about this long, and <laughs> instead of me sharing it, please introduce yourself and tell us about you, and we would love to get to know you. Yeah, awesome. Thank you for that, Louisa. So my name is David McDougall. I uh, currently reside in, in the beautiful state of Utah. My brother, Philip, over there, he's, he hangs out here with us, and we got a few more of our, uh, our, our friends here from, from Utah on, so thank you all for joining so yeah, a little bit of background on me. I grew up on the East Coast, was married for 19 years, had two absolutely amazing, beautiful daughters. And then that marriage, unfortunately, came, came to an end. So it was time for me to make a change. And I changed everything. I used to be in the jewelry industry and decided I wanted to do something completely different. And so I packed up everything I owned. And drove across the country, 1,800 miles from everybody. I knew three people when I arrived here in, in Salt Lake City. And now I have, I don't know, like 3,800 Facebook friends and a couple of three really thriving uh, Facebook groups, about 15,000 people in them here from three. <laughs> so that's been quite, a, quite a, a, a neat adventure, a daring adventure, if you will. So yeah, so in the, the process of, uh, of moving out here and then you know, a lot of the people I know from here are, were part of what was called the, the unwed group. And it's just uh, people that were no longer married. So whether divorced or widowed or, or whatever, however that got them to that point in time, I ended up with this group of really amazing people around me who come from, you know, recent separation, divorce or, or whatever. And so that's a little bit about, you know, kind of how I got, got to here. And as far as like, what do I, what do I do for work? I actually am a, a supplement guy. I'm a super nerd. I love doing formulations and I help people start their own supplement brands and stuff like that. But my passion, and that's what we're really going to get into talking about is the outdoors and, and particularly hiking. And that's really, I think that Louisa, that's where we, what we, we talked about quite a bit was, was hiking and community and kind of getting over ourselves for lack of a better way to put it and in uh, healing from, from relationships, you know, a lot of us go through a lot of different changes in our life. We don't always necessarily know how to handle them. And when I moved out here, I was just recently uh, had broken up with my, my ex fiance 
and I had to do something to fix me. So I really got into hiking quite a lot. So I really did this by myself for the first couple of years that I lived out here. I was, and anybody who knows me thinks I'm lying about this, <laughs> but I was actually antisocial for a couple of years. I just got turned in and I was just very internal and uh, working on myself. And so I spent a couple of years exploring the mountains of Utah and uh, in Colorado and Nevada and Montana and Wyoming. <laughs> and I had a lot of, had a lot of fun doing that, but a lot of it was really for me was a, for lack of a better word, a, a walking meditation. And it was a way for me to recenter myself. And so I did that for the first couple of years. And then I joined this, this group called the, the Unweds, the Facebook group out here in Utah that was started by a, a really good friend of mine. And I met this, this character one day. We were both interested in, in dating the same woman. So we went to this event and I met this, this Canadian guy. He was sitting across the table from me. We started talking. We hit it off really, really well. And yeah, and the, the woman is actually still a very good friend of ours today. Neither one of us are dating her. <laughs> she has ended up being a, an extraordinary friend. But lo and behold, I met this guy. His name's James Burnham. And uh, a bunch of you know him. And you know how, what a fantastic uh, individual he is. And at the time I met James, he was in the throes of the middle of his divorce. And I knew what worked for me. I knew getting out in nature and walking in my walking meditation. And I actually prefer to call it sauntering. I'll maybe look up the nerdy version of that and explain that to you guys for a bit. But what I found is that it really helped me. And then, so I had this new, new, awesome friend of mine and we started getting out a bunch ourselves. And my friend James really needed, he needed an ear. He needed somebody to listen, not to solve any problems. You know, sometimes we want to jump into coach mode or, you know, try to try to fix things for people when in fact, sometimes all they need is just our presence. And sometimes that is the greatest gift that we can give people is our presence. So we connected and, and started hiking and really kind of going a little crazy. We were actually trail running more at that point in time. And uh, to what Philip had referred to earlier before we really got started is uh, we did a lot of this in the wintertime. And uh, we found that jumping into an ice cold stream in the middle of the winter was rather exhilarating. I can see <laughs> Luis is about to pass out. But we found that it's just something that was incredibly healing for us. We started practicing like Wim Hof breathing techniques and uh, learning how to handle this, this extreme cold. And, uh, but what we noticed is that oh, the, more we, right. the more we did this, this the, better, put, the better we felt. We felt absolutely fantastic just from spending time together as, as friends and then getting out in the woods. And so from that we started having a lot of people reaching out to us and wanting to hang out and adventure with us as we were, as we were running around the, the mountains and, and doing all this crazy stuff. And so I started building these, uh, these hikes inside this, these other Facebook groups. And we started having 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 people show up. And what we, what I found is that it really started helping a lot of people. And this is when I really started to focus on this. And it got to the point, then I decided to go ahead and start my own group, which was originally called Daring Journey Hikers. Now it's called Daring Journey Adventurers because we do a, certainly a lot more than that. And as I got into it, I really started, my inner nerd started waking up. 
and going, well, well, why in the world are all these people showing up? You don't know any of these people. We just have this sauntering thing in common. And so I really started diving into like why, why people were showing up. I would just ask them. And I found out some really, really cool information. It's just people need to feel connection. But they need to feel part of something. And that's what we found by getting all these people together on these, on these wonderful journeys. And uh, I'm actually going to actually have my other computer here. There's a couple interesting things that I found out in doing a bit of, bit of research. So one of the things I learned is that the doctors are actually starting now to prescribe time in nature. They're actually legitimately like writing a prescription for it. And there are a couple of different reasons for that. And I'm going to just slide over here for a second. I need to pull my screen up. I did give you ability to share screen, by the way, if you'd like. Okay. Well, I'm on my, I have a, a, another, I'm actually working on two computers. So this is interesting. So, and if you want to actually, you know, find out a little bit of this information, it's, I can give you the, I can give you the links later on and, and post those in here. But there's a site called Nature Connection Guides or natureconnectionguide.com. And there's some really interesting articles in there in that doctors now are actually prescribing time in nature. Finally, here in the United States, they've been doing this in Europe for years and years and years. And what they found is that when you actually get out there, and there's actually a national park prescription initiative right now from, from U.S. doctors, people are getting trained to being a nature forest therapy guides, and it's really helping people quite a lot. So they've done a bunch of research on this. And just getting time out in nature alone, number one, reduces stress. I know if you, you, when you get out and, uh, and get on the trail for a while, it really, really calms you down a lot. It boosts your immune, immunity, increases energy. It helps you sleep better. I think you just sleep better because you actually wear yourself out because I used to do like these 17-mile hikes. So I'd always come back and, and pass out. Lowers blood pressure, reduces inflammation, accelerates recovery from surgery. does a lot of really great benefits. And then the other thing that, uh, that factors into this also is so like we were, we're out in nature, we're having a lot of fun. And one of the things I discovered is that I really started pushing people more, mainly because uh, me and my friends at the front were what they call goats. <laughs> and we really like to get out and uh, burn up mountainsides. And I know from my own experience that kind of getting that physical and anxious energy out, a lot of the times you know, we'll, we'll get in our own heads. And so just getting out in nature again is one thing. The next thing you need to do that I've found that works really well is just getting some exercise in that. So we'll, we hike a little bit higher, a little bit faster pace. Some of us would trail run. We get some pretty aggressive hikes going out there. And what we found, and this is a really across the board for everybody is, so you're at, you're at, you get out in nature and you start to exercise more. And there are certainly a lot of great benefits to that, but the benefits to your mental health of doing exercise, particularly a cardiovascular exercise, is extraordinarily beneficial. I have some articles from, from PubMed and National Institute of Health, and it's, there are a lot of great benefits for exercise for people who are clinically depressed or even people who are not clinically depressed. My ex-wife would call me clinically depressed or maybe just crazy. <laughs> but so that's, that's another great, great benefit. And then one of the other things that we've, that I've discovered along the way in doing some research and just from experience and bringing people together is the, the socialization factor. So you've got time in nature, you're getting some exercise and then just hanging around other like-minded people, just really getting that, that social interaction. And one of the things I found 
that we, we get on hikes and the group would start to separate. So we'd have really high speed people in the front and our, we have our mid packers. And then we have people in the back. We just called them bear bait. So they were just there to keep the rest of us safe. So one of the things that my friend James and I started to do after a while is we started to pose a question at, at the beginning of the hike. It was 10. And in setting an intent, they gave people something in common to talk about. And what we found was that slowed down the faster hikers and sped up the, the slow hikers. So it actually kept the group actually a little more cohesive because we started with an intent. And I'll give you an example of one that I've used a couple of times over the last few weeks that is particularly profound for a lot of people. And, it, and it's this. Now, let's say somebody comes to you and they bring you a box. And inside this box is everything that you have lost in your life up to this part in time, point in time. It could be a high school class ring. It could be a relative, you know, a, a, a grandparent. The other thing it could be, it could be self-esteem. It could be belief in yourself, understanding that you have choice. So these are just a couple of different examples of, of what people had lost in their box. And my question to them was, so whatever you've lost is in this box at this point in time. What is the first thing that you look for in that box? So just think about that one for a while. If you guys want to share that a little bit later on, you're certainly welcome to. But those are the types of questions and intent that we would, that, that I would give people on these hikes. So we've got our time out, outdoors and having, we've got exercise involved. We've got socialization and now we've got something to think about because we all need to kind of quiet that little voice in our minds. And I just started reading a book recently that's really good that talks about that. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of The Untethered Soul. Oh, my favorite book. Yeah. I love the surrender experiment also. But you know, as you're saying this, you know what I'm thinking about? Imagine if someone actually did this before they chose to get married. Like if you actually took your partner on this ride with you and right. you have this intentional walk, because I was talking about this with my dad yesterday, I was like, you don't think about values. You don't think about things that you have to have and you get to have in common for a relationship. You start thinking that there's random attraction and a few things that you think you want, but imagine life as you're describing it and, and this scene. Mm -hmm with your partner and the odds of knowing whether you're compatible or not would be cleared up fairly quickly. Yeah. This adventure. Yeah. It, you know, it's interesting that you uh, bring that up is the sheer number of new relationships that have started. And because of these, this hiking group that people met and connected and at least had one thing in common and number two set this intent. And actually gets people engaged in thinking and talking. And yeah, it's been really interesting to, to see connections come out of this. Not just romantic relationships, but like just fr family. You know, that's kind of a word people like to use now. For the you know, friends, family, family. Right. Uh, the circle of, of people that uh, the tribe that grows is absolutely astounding. And Do your children participate? Like ha have your... Yeah, anytime my daughters come to visit, they they are always look forward to it. How old are they? 23. I have twin daughters. And how long have you been divorced now? 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Okay. If we rewind back a bit, 
mm-hmm. to the first couple years of getting divorced as you were actually, maybe I want to go even further back. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. To go a little sure. further back. Absolutely. Because I have to say one of the things I get a lot is I'll be in a conversation with a husband and wife and I'll literally be saying something where I could feel the man having a breakthrough in new awareness. And all of a sudden the wife says, are you listening to her? Listen to her. Are you listening to her? Did you get that? And he just goes from, I was getting it to now I hate you. And I don't like either one of you because he feels. <laughs> <set up. laughs> yeah. So there's the, like how we feel while we're married and, uh, you know, what I'm experiencing, what you're saying about the hiking and the freedom and the nature, there's freedom. Yes. There, when someone's married and unhappily married, it doesn't have the same feeling of freedom. So what was the final straw for you that said, I'm done? Like, this isn't the life I chose for myself. Mm. Well, there are uh, a, a couple of factors. Uh, primarily, I, I think the biggest cause was I traveled a lot for my work. So I was traveling internationally and my ex-wife would always stay local. And we lived in a very small town in Pennsylvania you know, super conservative, you know, her family did not communicate great at all. Like, I think her mother didn't even get a driver's license until she was 35. Wow. Um, so it was very slow moving, kind of a, a backwards thing. So we, we actually met when we were college, but, you know, we got married, had a couple of absolutely beautiful, beautiful children. And yeah, I just, I got around, I was traveling the world. So I saw a lot more. And my understanding of the world changed a lot. And you can't teach that to, to somebody. They have to learn it for themselves. They really have to see it. And so she didn't travel, obviously, near as much as I did. So that for us, we were just growing in, in other directions pretty quickly. So the more I learned and, and was more expressive and, and understanding and learning more, she retreated from that and got even more conservative and was very tuned into her religion. And uh, that is something I, I, I saw that I just really didn't want to participate in that any longer. And so that was, <clears throat> I think that's really what this, the, the straw that broke the camel's back is just, we had such our values diverged at a pretty significant, in a pretty significant way. And it's hard to maintain a relationship when you just don't share some foundational values like that. Absolutely. That's kind of why I was saying how if people experience what you're talking about, the odds of them knowing very quickly whether they're going to be compatible or not seems Mm -hmm. like a no brainer. I know definitely would have worked for me. Did it take you a little while? Well, how little while did it take you to go from I'm getting divorced to I'm getting I have my bearings and I'm starting to feel like I've got this? Mm. That's a fantastic question. Which time <laughs> did I feel like I had my bearings? I maybe would be the, the first thing, you know, because we just don't have a lot of life experience. And so I was pretty damn confident right away because I'm the one who asked for it. I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to work, which is rare. <laughs> I'm part of that, you know, 20% of men that, that asked for a divorce. It's usually the other way around. It's usually 80% women, but it was just, it was, it was too much. So I was out and I was like, okay, I'm free. And, you know, we all have that, that sense of relief. And then you're, you're by yourself for a period of time or, or, or dating or whatever it is. And then those, some of those realizations start hitting, you know, you don't have your, 
your person to roll over to in, in, in the middle of the night to, to talk to. You have to do dishes all by yourself. <laughs> you got to do, you have to do all the things. And while that, you know, having that, that choice all the time is great. You know, it's always nice to have somebody there. So there was a, you know, it was a period of time. And I, again, I was just really very much into traveling that I just, I turned it off. I was, I checked out. And then it probably wasn't until I made a decision to move because I was in Pennsylvania. I had a girlfriend there. We ran a Medi spa together that, that she had built. She had built and I helped her really blow it up pretty significantly. And then the, the way I got out here to Utah actually was because we were doing Botox and facials and skin rejuvenation, all this fun stuff. One of the things we noticed is, well, okay, we're doing this stuff on the surface, but what's the actual cause of this? Usually the cause of it is like really crappy nutrition. So we started getting into supplements and then that's how I ended up getting involved in the supplement company that I work for now is we flew out to, to Utah because we were part of their founders president's club. We were one of the fastest growing accounts. We became one of their top 10 accounts in, in 90 days, which was pretty fun. But that led us out here to Utah. And when I got out here, I saw how my, my girlfriend at the time changed when we were out here. It wasn't, we, we weren't partying. We weren't drinking. We weren't going home and, and tearing each other apart verbally or throwing furniture, you know, after, after we were done with our, our night of, night of drinking, we were out here and I was like, wow, she's beautiful. She's herself. She's calm. She's pretty freaking amazing. And I wanted that feeling to continue. So I had an opportunity about 90 days after that, after a second trip out here to come out here and work. And so I jumped all over it with the hope that I could get us established out here and then she would eventually migrate out here with me because of what it, what it did for, for us. So I think it might be a little bit off track, but it's relevant to the, to the timeline. <laughs> I think it's perfect. So I know we were talking about Joe Dispenza and a lot of the, some work that you're doing with that. Can we tap into that too? Yeah. Or so I was at, uh, at Secret Knock a couple of years ago with my, with my good buddies, Philip, and of course, Lucy, you were there too. And I, we got any other Secret Knock people on here? Yeah, Shanna, Shanna Bananas on here too. <laughs> and Linda Sunshine. And Linda. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so we went out to help Craig out, out at Secret Knock. And one of the speakers was the one and only Dr. Joe Dispenza. And I don't know if, if any of you guys are in the, in the meditation at all, but if you are, you really, you know who this guy is. He's probably one of the foremost global experts in meditation. And so I met him and a couple of his scientists that he worked with. One was Dr. Toby Muller and Dr. Hamil Patel. They're out at, out at UCSD. And they shared about a study that they were doing with different levels of meditators. So people have never meditated, people who are mid-level meditators, and then people who are advanced meditators. And what they would do, they would take their, some of their cells, they would use the needle, draw, draw some of their cells, put them in a feature dress, and they would inject, uh, they would put COVID virus in it. And they, again, this is all documented in these studies. And what they found was people who are advanced meditators because they control their world and they don't let the outside world influence them, the COVID virus couldn't penetrate their cells. So learning that and then hearing about his meditation stuff, I was like, I need to get to know this guy. So shortly thereafter, we were at Secret Knock. I engaged with a couple of the scientists and started a conversation with them that were starting to work on developing some, some supplements that 
we hope are going to help more people ease into meditation a little better and uh, even boost their immune system even more so. So that was a little bit about my interaction with, with Joe. And actually right now I've been, been reading his book. <laughs> I've got one of his books here is uh, Becoming Supernatural. Which I is love that book. Really good one. That's, I, have like, I, I have like eight books going all at the same time. And I don't know how I'm going to get all through, through all of them, but I will eventually. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I can't tell you how starstruck I am with just that part on top of everything else that you've been doing that I was like, oh my God, to even yeah. just get an opportunity to chat with him was huge to co-collaborate with him blows my mind. Yeah. I see Mr. David Reed's got a question. It's a question. I guess it is a question and a comment. Joe Dispenza has, and I've done them in the outdoors. He has walking and hiking meditations that have kind of been amazing. And I'm I'm curious when you do your hiking or when you're doing that aspect of it, are you using meditation from him or that kind of guided stuff when you're in in outdoors and things like that? I'll primarily do that for myself. I kind of I've always been able to get into a meditative state anyway mm-hmm. while I'm out hiking. It's just the, the movement in nature and, and getting a little bit of that little bit of exercise and just, just being, and I, I think that's, you know, really in, in, when you're meditating, it's just getting into that state. You're just, you're just there. You're not consciously thinking about anything. You're just, you're an observer. Absolutely. I mean, I just, I, I like it both ways, but I, I had never done, that kind of guided, guided meditation before outdoors. And it, it kind of blew my mind. And I, you know, I, I don't want to lose the outdoors because you're right. You can connect to the outdoors without having things here. You want to be able to hear. Yeah. Sounds of nature, but it was great both ways. So. Yeah, it, it really is. And this is something that, you know, I mean, I started, I only started this hiking group in January. I have about 150 people a month coming into it. With and there's zero advertising. I don't advertise it at all. Mm-hmm. It's just people just keep keep coming in. It's it's word of mouth, and uh, you know we're getting people out in in nature. And what's happening is for a lot of people, the first time, for the very first time, they they feel like they're part of something. They're actually really accepted. And I'll you know circle back to that that box question. I posed that on a couple of different hikes, and a bunch of us went to dinner afterwards, and then we sat down and said, okay, let's talk about this box a little bit more. And what is that first thing that you would look for? And, and why, 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 why is that for you? And we ended up having this two hour discussion and half the table in tears because it's the first time that they felt they could sit and, and express themselves to people. And it's all because we've created these connections and yeah, it's just been, it's been pretty, pretty damn amazing. Do you charge for people to, participate with, in this with you? Sorry? You charge? No, no, I don't charge at all. This is just something, it's, it's free. It's something I wanted to, to do. And it, it, it's interesting. I just, originally, I just did it just because I love to be outside. I love to hike. And it was my, my personal meditation. And my, my best bud, James, joined. And you know, it was just like so enriching for us. And then we had more friends join. And now it's really become its, its own thing. Like, like I still movement. absolutely, yeah, it, 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 it is actually, it's interesting because we'll get done with one of our hikes and not maybe an hour later, if people are like, well, when's the next one? Where's the next one going to be? When can we get together and have that kind of enthusiasm is, is really, really awesome. And it's really, it's creating community. And 
that's what that's what we need, particularly you know when you're living post divorce. We can get so focused on you know a lot of us were single parents, so you're focused on taking care of your kids and taking care of your business, particularly if you're an entrepreneur or self-employed. You know, it's like you've got it. Your your time is really in that, and this is part of the you know it's it's part of loving yourself is taking the time for you to get out and and do the things that that you that you love to do. But the main thing is that I think people keep coming back because of those connections that are established that people, and this is also, you know, it's a problem when people get divorced is, you know, a lot of things that, that cause a divorce is people not communicating, people not seeing one another and, and taking the time to just be now, a lot of that just stops. And so what's been happening with, with this group is that people are finding their, their, their extended family and they're making these amazing connections. And like I said, not, not necessarily romantic connections, but really true, deep, 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 strong friendships where people consistently show up for one another, even outside of what we're doing, which is absolutely, absolutely amazing. I feel that even with Secret Knock, though, you know, the community we got to build, the fact that I got to meet Philip that first night and I got to meet you on the first night. I mean, yeah. it was so beautiful to have an instant bond with like-minded people because you're speaking the same language. Right. And I remember you guys out there in the cold working out, you know, yeah. before it even started. <laughs> yeah. That's what's nice about having a military friend. Uh, he's he's going to get up at O-Dark 3 and make sure that we're at the gym. So thank you, Philip. I know when I am a little cold, I, I do have pictures and things that I see in my head of like places that he has shown of snow that he has gone through in order to go work mm -hmm. out. And, yeah, those are not my conditions and I'm complaining. I think I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. We actually had, we had Mel Mason come out to, she joined us last year. You know, Mel lives in Palm Desert. She's used to running in 105 degree, like a hundred and stupid degree weather for, for miles and miles and miles. And I'm like, Oh, that that's cool. Not for me, <laughs> but we had her come out in December and I invited her to come out and, and hike on, on the trail with us. And at the time we hadn't had any snow yet. Well, the day before she got here, we got 30 inches of snow up in the canyons. So Mel was up, up to mid thigh, up, up to her waist uh, for, for quite a bit of it. But uh, it, was, it was a really cool thing. And having somebody come from the desert, and again, she's a, you know, one of her secret knock friends. So she's got that hardcore. You know, yeah, that hardcore thing in common. And then now she comes out and gets in the, in the snow with us. And she was just like, she was, she was into it. It was really great. And at first she was really concerned. She she told, she shared with me afterwards and that she's like, you know, the first half mile in, I thought I was going to die. And then she said, after that, she got warmed up and she was good. And she said it was one of the more transformative experiences that she's had in, in quite a while. I could definitely see that. Joe, I know you're a bike rider and you're pretty fit yourself. How about you jump in and share on what you're experiencing tonight from the share? I think it's everything you're saying is very positive. I, I think it's consistency that really, you know, brings you forward is doing it, whether you do it or not. You know, you take that space and you say, okay, I'm, I'm going to hike today. I, I live up in the hills and I'll do about three or four miles pretty much every day. It's really fantastic nature, but just a, you know, beautiful neighborhood. I, I don't know about what it would be like to hike with 40, 50 people. I usually hike by myself. So 
I, I haven't had that experience about extended family and hiking. That must be pretty amazing. It or it's just as much conflict as any family. <laughs> no, I think I just realized the secret to the fact that you're actually not divorced is because you go hiking every day. <laughs> That's it. Oh, that is so funny. That's it. Nature therapy <laughs> wins again. It's an hour and a half just totally for myself. And it's very, very, yeah. I, I have a I have a rowing machine that I'm into now. So I do a rowing in the morning and then I do a hike at night. And it, it keeps sane, you know, because without moving your body, most people do not move their body. They're not in touch with their body. So they're missing, you know, so much of their energy because our bodies hold all our emotional energy that if you don't deal with it, you know, it, it, it can it can calcify you you know mm -hmm. people don't take that first step and they just think oh yeah i'll never be able to do that and it's good at all yeah so i'm totally afraid i the the supplement thing that me off i don't want to have that kind of discussion but i don't know about uh, the supplement thing well what, what why do you, why do you think you need supplements supplement story of supplements are to supplant they're not to replace anything First and foremost, you have to learn how to eat healthy. I happen to follow a, a program that a, a doctor friend of mine does that I, that I work with, his CEO of our company. And so the concept's called Vitavore. And what we did is we categorize foods and we eat the most nutrient-dense foods with priority. So it, it, it's another stuff. discipline so it, for you. It's, where you it's more, it. I'm saying that it's more as a, it's a discipline as much as anything else. Yeah. Because any anytime you're taking, you say supplements, that means that there's some ritual to it, and the ritual is what is enhancing your, you know, your your existence in that sense. Is it the actual ingredients of this? No, of it's the actual ingredients. I know how they're I know how they're made and what what they're made out of. So yeah, but that that's the whole thing is what what people will misconstrue about supplements all the time. Like the, just it, the name it, in and of itself. It's terrible. It's just a terrible name. <laughs> you definitely have to change the name. Supplement what? Not I showed up here and that's not good enough. I have to have a supplement to be here. <laughs> yeah. No. So anyhow, but what, what we do is a program. We teach people how to eat better first. I mean, actually, I'm going to be doing a program in the, uh, the Daring Journey Adventures for this. But you know, the yeah, uh, supplements are just to, to fill in the gaps. That's that's all they're for. Not I like supplements. I use them all the time. And when I'm consistent with them, my food is on point because I don't feel depleted and I don't overeat from thinking I'm hungry because everything I need is balanced. But yeah. when I'm not balanced and I haven't been consistent with my, my rituals and supplements, I tend to tip the scale and then not in the numbers I like. That's part, part, part of habits kind of, kind of a thing that, you know, we've got that in your, in your mind. Um, mm -hmm. I've found generally most people eat healthier. Yeah, it definitely works for me. Fatima, would you like to say hello? I don't see your camera on, but I would love to hear from you. Are you able to say hello? Or while we wait for her, anyone else want to be able to ask David a question or share? Hi. Hi. Well, Go for it. And then I go right after. Well, hello. I, my goodness, where do I begin? So good to see you, Louisa. 
I've been meaning to join your amazing masterminds forever since we met in August. Yay. I love uh, that you're here. So thank you. Yes, absolutely. And this has been, hi, Brian. I see my friend Brian from Clubhouse. Good to see you. So for anyone who doesn't know me, which I think it's now 14 minus two, it's like 12 of you don't know me minus myself. No, actually, I don't even know myself yet. <laughs> Learning about myself on a daily basis. So it will be 12 people here. I, Luisa and I are, are part of the, that beautiful project we, where we all collectively gifted our stories and published the powerful female immigrants book. So we connected in Dallas in August at the book launching, and that's where I met her. And uh, I live in New York City. And I just wanted to say thank you for this space. And David, I didn't hear everything you said from the beginning, but I wanted to say how much I appreciate your, your tone. It was very constant. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I just wanted to mention how awesome it was to it was very comforting because you were speaking about the divorce and this and that. And I was trying to pick up those different emotions, but I felt that you have healed for the most part. And, and that, that's my takeaway from, from this webinar. And I just want to say congratulations because so many of us have a hard time staying, staying connected and catching ourselves when emotions are like, not in balance. And again, I, then I can ask a question. Is there such thing as our emotions being in complete balance when we are going through changes? Well, that, that, that's a really great question. I, I don't know that they can be, but they can be better. There are things that you can do to help them be better. You can help with that self-regulation. And again, it sounds like a broken record. When you come back to time and nature, or if you can't get into a forest, get near water. Just 20 minutes near water will, will change your mood completely. So whether it be a stream or, or a lake or anything, that is particularly important. But I guess to, to maybe expand on that a little bit more, when you're in emotional dysregulation and let's say you're, you're, you're doing the hiking and you're socializing a bit and trying to be intent, there are certainly some really great tools out there that are available. And actually, it's going to bring me to one of the things that I, I, I talk about is I've been working with a company called Vibonics. And uh, my, my, my best friend, James, is working with him also. He's, a, uh, he's an amazing, amazing coach. And he has a version of this. I'll, I'll give you guys a link so you can actually check out James's version of it. It's, it's pretty significant. And so what this, the app is actually, it's called Vibonics. It just goes on your, on your phone. And... There's a, there's a home screen here. I'm just going to kind of do this on my camera. You can see it there. And there's that big green button. You hit that and it'll ask you, you'll do your daily check-in. And so one thing that's interesting is if you understand, like for anybody who studied uh, Joe Dispenza and maybe like Greg Brayton, a little bit about the quantum world, quantum physics, that everything's a vibration. Every, every, every color, every cell, everything vibrates at a certain frequency. The other thing that resonates at different frequencies are our emotions. And the best way that I can describe this to you is if you've ever gone to see a friend and you ask them, hey, how are you doing? I haven't seen you in so long. What's going on? How are you doing? And they go, 
it's fine. And you can hear almost immediately, you look at your friend, okay, you're full of shit. What's really going on? You're not fine. You're not acting fine. You don't sound fine. You aren't moving fine. It's because their vibration changed their voice. There's something low in, in the inner voice is a frequency there that changes. And we pick that up. It's just like, how many people on here have kids? Raise your hands if you have kids. You, you, <laughs> you know when your kids are lying to you because you can hear it in their voice because you're their parent. You're so in tune with them. And one of the things that happens over a period of time, we go through really stressful situations. And again, it's just like divorce is such a big thing nowadays. That, that separation or the loss of a, a family member or, or, or moving or you know, a career change. They're all things that can really disrupt our emotions. And what happens is that adult, as adults, we get so busy. We're, we're going, to, going to work. We're taking care of the kids. We're taking care of our house, maybe trying to socialize a little bit. And we stop taking time for ourselves. And then we stop listening to ourselves. We start listening to that little jerk in our heads that's telling us we're doing everything wrong. And then we fall into dysregulation. And the problem is, is a lot of times we don't know how to get back there. And that's a really tragic thing. And even more so, and I can you know, speak as a, as a man, because you know, growing up, we're taught, suck it up. You don't, you don't express your emotions. You hold them in. Well, the problem is if you, you hold them in, you start ignoring them, then you completely disconnect and you don't even know what you feel anymore or if you can. And that, that's, a, that's another big factor that comes in. So a few months ago, my, my friend James and I came across these, uh, these, these amazing people they have this app, it's called Vibonics. And what it does is uh, you, you come in and you do it, hit that button, you do a daily check-in. And then what it does is here, it gives you your emotional intelligence score on this, your EI score, which is interesting. So today I decided, I, was, I, was, I took it this morning. I didn't sleep at all very much last night. I maybe got four and a half hours of sleep. So I figured, okay, I, and I was already grumpy from the day before. I was ornery. My girlfriend, Jersey is on here. She will tell you I was, I had severe road rage. <laughs> Everybody was terrible except for me. So what happens is, you know, we get in this, this dysregulation and what's interesting is, so we started using this app and the premise of this is that all your emotions vibrate at different frequencies so that when you speak them, you cannot hide them. You can't hide them. You can't fake it. You can't change the tone of your voice. These frequencies are always what they are. I don't know what they're like. The frequency of love is. It's like I think 532 hertz. Or is it 432? Okay. James is sitting over here, which is great. <laughs> so Hi, James. 432 hertz for for love. So we picked up this app. We started using it. And so the cool thing is, and I'll show you this the, the next dashboard. So it gives you your emotional intelligence score. And this for me was actually one of my higher ones. So what it does is it picks up your self-awareness. Like, are you aware of, of what you're feeling? And then self-management. Do you know how to handle what you're feeling? Can you do something with it? And then self-expression is, can you express yourself with, a, with good self-expression? And then also, what's your level of empathy? Now, that's one that'll, that'll, that'll get to a lot of people, is your ability to empathize. And that alone will help de predetermine a success in relationships. That if you have the ability to be empathetic, that means you actually have the ability to listen to your other person and empathize with them and understand their point of view. 
which is something that's, uh, that's really critical. And then it breaks down even further. We get into energy emotions, whether you're happy, whether you feel happiness, whether you feel confident in your, your own abilities, what your motivation is. Like for me today, my motivation was really, really high at 78%. That I woke up just charged and, and ready to go. And then also love is, is factored on there. Like, do you love yourself? And we can actually get an entire another discussion about do people even know what that is? When does this open up to the public? We all want it. Yeah. Um, like yesterday. No, this will actually be available in a couple of weeks. So we're, this is all beta stuff right now that, that we're doing. So the, and the interface that I actually just showed you guys was completely different from what it was three weeks ago. We've been having multiple meetings with them because we want to make this quick and easy for people to do. We used to have to do a voice recording for a minute and a half before. And it was just like, wow, this is taking a long time. They got that down to 15 seconds and actually increased the accuracy of it, which is really cool. So there, there are some amazing developments for this. One of the other factors that, one of the other things that comes up on here is uh, positive stress or use stress. And then your feeling of peace. And then also covers your, your negative emotions, your different types of fears. And uh, my friend James actually talked about different types of fears in his uh, during journey workshop that we did last year. That was really amazing. But there are five different types of fear that we have on, on the app that we track. It's fear of losing identity, fear of failure, fear of separation, fear of loss of autonomy, and then fear of physical harm. Usually the fear of physical harm is the lowest for us because you know we're a first world country. We almost never have to worry about any, anything like that. And then some of the other things that'll, that we'll, we'll have in there is loneliness, stress, anger. Sometimes people will mistake sadness or, or mistake anger for sadness because they just don't know what it's like to actually be angry. And that's the, the other thing is you have to name the emotion. Once you name it, then you can identify it and then you can actually start to move through and process it. And another, another negative emotion would be confusion. And last one would be sadness. So those are the ones that are, all, that are covered. So I will make sure that the, the, the link for the app, once we've got our final version of it, I'll make sure that's available to the folks here in the mastermind. And what's the name of the app? It's called Vibonics. Next, B, yep. Bonics. Vibe, like vibration. Yeah. And Onyx, O-N-I-X. I can't wait to get my hands on that. I love tracking everything. I mean, <laughs> wake up in the morning and I'm like, how did I sleep? And what does it tell me? And I wake up at night. I am like, yeah, I want to track everything. Well, and that, you know, that's the thing is like, I've always been really intrigued with, you know, that's why I got into the, the, the health and wellness in the supplement world. And, that, and I've got this hiking group going and this, this, this app just came out of nowhere, like this, you know, beautiful gift that we can use to move the needle for, for all of humanity. If we have more men out there, and again, it's, you know, like men's mental health, is like way low on the scale. I mean, the suicide rate is ridiculous. And actually, particularly this time of the year, because we're in the holiday season, this is it. This is when people are, are get really depressed because they're, they're not around their, their family. And that's why, you know, building a, a, a family, a friend circle, of really great people is, is critically important, you know, post COVID. A lot of people were isolated then. I think that's why all these things are really starting to come together now. All these things don't happen for, for no reason at all. They can lead us to amazing places. And that's what I'm seeing happening now is 
this surge in, in community and, and people being connected and really taking care of each other. You know, got a couple so, of friends. So it's all here. based on emotional intelligence. Is that what the yes? That's that's what the grid of yep. reality is. Emotional yeah, intelligence. Patent pending technology too, which is great. It uses artificial intelligence and, and voice recognition, which is which is really amazing. We've got some actually people. I ever got a good friend of mine that he things with. He's got language software that teaches that can determine the quality of your foreign language skills. Which is which is amazing. So there's a lot of great technology out that out there, and that's why I'm so excited about this this Vibonics app. And actually, more specifically, my friend James has is going to have his own version. It's called Your Your Chorus, which is going to be great. And that's the one I can I'll, I'll share with you guys because it's just, it's really really incredible what's coming together. Well, you mean you can license the technology and overlay it with another application? application i mean yeah i mean there's you know the the opportunity to expand things technologically is 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 exponential unlimited yeah it's absolutely unlimited the interesting thing is now too it's like in this the other was the other area where emotional intelligence is really freaking important is it used to be what like 50 100 years ago like the rate it changed was pretty damn slow now in this period of time we're having 10 years of change in technology per year. So that means over the next 10 years, over the next 10 years, our advances in technology are going to be of that, of the equal of that of the last 100 years. And so having really good emotional intelligence to be able to navigate the change. I mean, that's, you were talking about survival of the fittest. People are going to win and we're going to thrive. The people who are going to do that are the ones who can learn and relearn and unlearn old things and relearn new ones. So your ability to adapt, adaptability is, is hugely important. And I see all that coming forward now, which is really exciting. It's a, it's a, it's a great place to be. It really is. I think, you know, collectively what we've learned about, you know, how to, how to manage our emotions and, and communication, you know, guys, we're usually terrible at this. That's what a divorce rate spirit is. But it's just raising that, that, that EQ and then really learning how to communicate effectively with one another. And the better we get at that, the better we're all going to adapt going forward as, as all these new technology come in. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a fantastic place to be. Sounds very powerful. I know a bunch of teenagers that... Philip, you want to jump in? I know you were going to share earlier. And Yes. So yes, David, the hikes, fucking fan, sorry, super fantastic. <laughs> Always loving to be jostling to try to be up near to the front of a good hike because I can. Yeah. But I started getting curious when I got introduced to desert solo experience or anything like that after I went on a multi-day hike where I was finally exposed into nature for over three days. Yeah. Because there's that physical exertion part of a really good day hike. Mm Mm-hmm. And then there's the solo experience where you're really working through transitions and everything in your life. Have you looked at moving some of your arena into that or have you experimented with that at all? Because yeah, I'm really yes. curious to do that. And I would definitely do that with you. Yeah, we've actually had multi-day trips that we've done, usually in a smaller group. But we'll go down to, uh, like, for, for example, over Labor Day weekend, we went down to Zion with a bunch of friends and did some pretty long hikes over, over a couple of days. But we threw another factor, another fear factor into this trip as uh, we decided to do repelling. 
and talk about overcoming a fear. And I feel, I mean, you, I know you've got some experience with this being military. They pretty much flee, free you guys off a platform in the first couple of weeks <laughs> just to, to help break that, that fear of heights and, and learn trust and, and yeah, and learn trust and, and being on, being on a team. So this is something new recently that we started doing, taking small groups of people. We'll go down to a place like Zion National Park or do a hike called the subway down there. And you got four different repels and some of them in water or in a waterfall, which has been really interesting. And then we did another hike when it's called Refrigerator Canyon. It's adjacent to Angel's Landing. Angel's Landing is famous or infamous, depending on how you want to look at it. It's rated as one of the most potentially dangerous hikes in the world. Very narrow trail with a 1500 foot drop on either side of it that we chose to run several times. I, if you get on my Facebook page, you can see some, some video footage of that. We're running that even in the snow. But what it's doing is as we're, we're evolving this, we're increasing physical exertion with people. And then now getting in and, and building deeper trust because now you're relying on somebody to keep you from falling off of a cliff. And then even more significant to that, and, and this is pretty profound for a lot of people, is developing trust in yourself that, you know, you can, you can listen to the instructors of instructions of the people who are teaching you how to repel. And obviously you've got this self-preservation, but you can find a great calm space and build confidence and face fears. And just by doing things like this, by exposing yourself to things that are hard to do over and overcoming a fear like that, like a lot of people have a fear of heights. Sometimes, you know, we're, we're repelling 200 feet down off of a, a rock face and that curves in, and then you're just hanging there in the air all by yourself. And it's you and your harness and your rope. And that's, that's what you've got. So overcoming those types of fears, you turn around and look back at what, what you've done. Then that opens up in, the, in other areas of your life. And maybe for somebody who's always dreamed of being an entrepreneur, it's making, taking that next step to actually go out and do it because I overcame that fear. And most people look at that and go, you're absolutely crazy, but you did it. And so doing things like that. And again, it's, it's the, it's the nature, it's the community, it's the conversation. It's just made that exponentially more effective in, in my experience. I totally see that happening. I, it almost feels like an experiential, you know, there's transformational courses. This feels like a different transformational course, but it's an experiential program where you, because you're taking yourself on and seeing what you're capable of, the confidence builds. And there's so many people who being in your space, see your greatness, like how we show up, people could see it. Yes. And you all of a sudden may have had leadership qualities inside of you, but didn't know how to share it. But all of a sudden doing something like this, you see the part of you that starts to shine yes. and, and it's easier to become that person that has been hiding. Yeah, it's, it certainly is. And I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen just numbers of friends just really start to become themselves and come out of their shells. And the other thing too, is you would pretty good do some of these harder hikes or like an angel's landing it gives people the opportunity to show up for one another. Cause you right. know, some people come off the trail. I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I don't know if I'm really cool with that. And you know, it's nothing better than you know, making sure they're okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, because you know what, sometimes when we don't allow people to be there for us, that we're almost not letting them feel important. 
And I'll do it myself is not always the best way to handle a situation. Allowing people to be there for us is allowing them to realize they matter. Yeah. And that's also really huge. Like, uh, very true. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people, people, I saw it in the tears of Spanish that, you know, we need community on these things. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah, that is, I think that's a great, great point. Louisa is, is give, allowing people to show up and then, and then accepting the help which is great. And again, it just creates good connection. And then when, when other people observe that, when they see that, you know, like it, if somebody else smiles, you generally smile too. I mean, it's one of those things that's, it's very infectious, but you see people showing up for one another that just starts to lead into more and more and more of it all the time. Absolutely. Well, I remember I've done a few transformational courses when you first sit down next to someone, you know, men, women, all of us, including myself, I was like, do these chairs have to be so close to each other? You know, <laughs> don't really go in with God, I just can't wait to hug you and kiss you and love you. It's like these chairs are freaking close and you are like this tight next to me. By the time your three days goes by 15 hours and everybody smells later, you know, everyone's hugging and kissing and and they're okay. They're totally fine with, including me, fine with the chair being that close. Right. And, but it does like, there's such an edge we start with. Mm-hmm. And the minute we're able to break through the love is there, but my, but I have noticed this, you leave the room, you go back to your regular life. As you know, it, the blah is still there, you know, whether it's the ex-wife, the wife, the, yeah. the, the, thing that you left that all of a sudden you didn't realize you're coming back home to. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> I love Philip laughing at me at this one, but all of it. And, and you forget the excitement and the love that you felt in that moment and everything that you created. Like, that's why I love what you're doing because you're not just hiking once it's a, it's a, it's a new lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's interesting people, uh, you know, but several people in the group like this, that, that, this hiking, this community, this getting together. And we don't just do hikes. I'm, sometimes we get together throughout the week and we'll just do a bonfire or just spend some time together. You know, it's really creating a, an amazing community and connection and people showing up for one another and, uh, and helping each other out. We've got friends that go through all kinds of crap and they don't even have to ask people to show up. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty damn amazing. Actually, it's, it's a, it's a good thing. I've totally forgot where I was going to go with that. I got myself sidetracked. (laughs) All right. I love it. I love the community that's being built in here from the conversation of just, you know, it, I remember the beginning of COVID I started this meditation group because I, I like doing things together and I know that if I want to meditate, I better invite all of you to do it with me because then that way I'll show up. And that's how I showed up to meditating every day for, during 2020 is I just hosted it and everybody showed up to participate. So it's getting to know yourself. And before I did the transformational course, I actually didn't even know that about myself. Mm-hmm. I truly didn't know how I like doing anything. And all of a sudden I realized the types of things I like and how I like to show up. And somebody said, you know, I really enjoy when you share. Why don't you share more often? I was like, you know what? I will. And that was how I started sharing. Because yeah. somebody said, I like when you share. That's awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's connection. It's 
you know, people really getting to, getting to know each other and, you know, you show up for them in that way and, and, you know, help them. And it's, it's a very, it's a very good thing. It's a very good thing. And that's actually one of the things that we're expanding. And again, I had referenced earlier that I called it Daring Journey Hikers earlier. Now it's Daring Journey Adventurers. So we've got the repel or the canyoneering and repelling factor thrown in there. And now we're expanding into doing even more as we're going to start doing sound baths with like crystal balls. We're going to do some, some of those in nature. And then I've got some local people here who are really good at meditation that we're going to do some, some more meditations and that's a lot of, and it actually make it a little bit more organized to give people a variety of, of modalities within getting outside nature and exercising in a community where it's just are adding some, a little bit extra things on top of it, just to help people accelerate their healing. And it's, it's an amazing thing to watch. I love this. I think you guys need a trip to LA. Or we can have some people from LA come on out here and actually that get worse. Once it's warm, once it's warm, we'll, we'll do that. <laughs> right. Cause you know, yeah. <laughs> so does anyone want to be able to share a little bit before we get to wrap up for tonight? David, this has just been mind blowing because there's so much information that you gave us. And, and I have to say, I personally love the nerdiness. Like how <laughs> badass is that? Yeah. It's, it's, it's fine. Well, you know, when you're passionate about something, it's, it's not work. Right. Um, time you, you're going in and digging for, for more information. It's, it's not work. It's just, it's, a, it's mind expanding. It's, it's an amazing thing. And who would have thought, I remember like I was in high school and in college and I was like, I can't wait to be done. I'll never have to do this crap again. And then I get out and get in the world in the real world and start loving on people and putting these, these groups together. And it's like, now I've just got this amazing thirst to learn and to get better. It's like, I was like the book I picked up earlier this week, The Untethered Soul. I sat in and read this with, with a couple of friends, I actually read with Tiercy. We were talking about it last night, just pulling little excerpts of sentences out of it. And each one was just completely mind blowing. Yes. I actually wanted to touch on. So do you remember the part where there was a breakup and the person was like, I just don't have the energy. And there was pizza boxes everywhere and they were tired. And all of a sudden the girl calls him was like, Hey, I was thinking we could talk. And all of a sudden he was in the shower getting ready and energy was full blown and he was good to go. And we're like, I need to sleep better. I need to get on. I need to start working out. I need to do this. I need to do that before I could feel good enough to do something. But truthfully, the minute what we want is in front of us, we jump up and we don't need an extra diet plan. We don't need an extra anything. We're good to go. Yeah. And that part blew my mind. Yeah. It's, it's inspiration. I mean, you find your, you find your why. Right. And that's what, you know, we've, I've found a lot of people starting to find as we're getting them out and building community is uh, people are finding their why again, which so is what is the answer to the question that you asked of like, what is the thing most people are looking for in their box? Oh, the box. That's right. Yeah. I really <laughs> want to know what are the people looking <laughs> in their box? <laughs> there, there's a bunch. So, well, who wants to share first? I'm, I'm, I'm still looking at finding, <laughs> looking for something. Like I kind of was stuck there. I don't know. I, I, you know, it's one of those questions when you ask people, what do they want? And all of a sudden they're like, I don't know what I want. Why? why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's something that you've no, lost. Something so, you lost. Is it, is it a connection? Is it a friend? It can be a thing. I know for a lot of people, 
one of the the women that we went to that we did a hike and asked a question and she just her answer was me she lost her that's what she wanted she wanted her back and yeah I, I i talk about that a lot i always say like when i remembered who i was is when my life restarted again but like i had forgotten who i was and i had to remember that little girl who was telling my dad, I'm going to walk to the gym, Mm -hmm. you know, like I'm going to do it this way. But it's that energy. You mean, that's what you, Mm -hmm. that's what it's about. It's not so so much about that, you know, going to the the gym. It's that, that incredible power that you felt in yourself to do it. Yeah. That little girl who woke up at three o'clock, took a shower and said, I'm going to the gym. I'm going to go meet my friend. There was like nothing in this for me that was going to stop me from being the person who woke up at three in the morning. I was like, I'll meet you at the gym. This sounds great. (laughs) And, you know, if it wasn't for the fact of parents and limitations and fears that stop us and put a, the boxes around us of like, you can't go to the gym at three 30 in the morning. You'll be <laughs> crazy. You're right. not going to the gym. Go back to bed. And I, well, then I look back and I'm like, Oh my God. Now I have the, I have that daughter, not those kids, but I have that daughter who likes to ride on a bike, who wants to hang out with a helmet being like, Oh, I could go a little bit faster than everybody else. I'm like that box. How do I then not become <laughs> that parents that I have? Yeah. Because I would love to bubble wrap all of you guys, you know, who are doing crazy things. And I'm like, how do I keep all of you safe? But I have to trust that there is the world bubble wrapping you on its own. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Very sweet. Does anybody else have a, what they would, they would look for in their box? And again, just a quick reminder, somebody gives you this box and in that box is everything that you've lost in your life up to this point in time. And that could be a puppy, it could be a, a sibling, it could be a parent, it could be a, a relationship. It can be an emotion. It can be an understanding. It can be a chapter of learning. It can be a number of different things. So, David, I'll share. Okay. Thanks, Shantae. It's, it's not what I found in my box or what I would have pulled out, but it would have been like what I was surprised not to want to pull out that I thought I would. And so it definitely created a shift in me where I feel like I was able to like let go because I knew what I wouldn't pull out of my box. <laughs> That's so it's awesome. I don't know if you want me to expand, but <laughs> it was it was yeah. pretty awesome for me. That's great. Yeah, I guess there's so certain things in the past, like no, we don't we don't need to touch that. Yeah, definitely helped me move on in places I have been struggling to do for a long time. So that was eye opening. That's amazing. That's amazing. Do you want to expand on it any any more than that, or I can? Yeah. Okay. No, I just I guess my marriage, you know, 15 years, and I didn't want the divorce, and so. When you asked that question, like I had put so much stock in like happiness into my ex-spouse. And so I thought for sure, like, oh, I would pull him out of my box. You know, I lost him in that family dynamic and the love that I had and all of these things. So, but then as I was thinking about it, I was like, no, I wouldn't because with my ex came insecurities and it came with lack of trust there and infidelities and like all of the and like just all these different emotions that came with him but I was putting so much of my happiness onto him that like it was making it almost impossible for me to move on and accept like 
our divorce and that that was no longer part of my life. Mm -hmm. So, but then to realize like, oh my gosh, like I wouldn't pull him out of my box (laughs) because it came with way more than I even realized was awesome. And it truly, like after two and a half, almost three years, I was able to make that shift and just let go and like be okay with everything that happened, I guess. Not everything that happened, but just letting go finally. So I don't know what I'd pull out, but I know what I would. <laughs> but I think that's really profound, Shantae. Thank I hope you. people think about that and get how profound that is. Huge. Well, thank you. It really hit home for me. So thank you so much for sharing. That's beautiful. Yeah. yeah that's, thank you. that's really awesome. And it's it's great actually. Shantae is is one of my one of my dearest friends. My I think I've known her longer than a bunch of people since I moved out here. And to to see her transformation is 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 really amazing. I just love love seeing that threads blossom in the in the way that she has. So mm-hmm. oh thank you. I'll second that. <laughs> thank you guys. It's taken I mean, a long time and many bumps in the road and still <laughs> there. But I am grateful for like the the realizations and support I have to help me get there. So thank you. So welcome for that. But yeah, it's in that, you know, isn't that that's the thing with all this, you know, like Louise, you asked me to come on and, and talk to people about this. And I, I fiduciarily, I like, I know a little bit more than you guys do about this. I'm certainly not, not an expert, but I do have a passion for it. And that's, that's really what it is. It's we're all just continuously learning. And if you can develop the heart to continue to share what you learn and, and touch more people and bring more people in, we're all going to get to a much better place. Mm-hmm. Have a, a much, a much richer, richer life. So, anybody else want to share about their, about their box? You know, I, I'm sorry, I was late, but can you just tell me really quick what was in my box? You can determine that. So, what? And let me uh, I'll just kind of rewind back to the the original explanation of it. So, when somebody comes to you and they bring you, they bring you a box, and inside this box is everything that you have lost up to this point in time in your life. So. It could be a thing. It could be a person. It could be for some people, they lost their self-esteem. They lost themselves. Yeah. They maybe lost understanding that they had the ability to choose. Right. So, you know, one thing that like I, I had a realization that that was my thing that I was going to look for in a box is my understanding and ability to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, had I known that at an earlier age, if I really truly understood that I could choose anything and everything that I wanted to do, I think I would have started off another direction much earlier than what I did. Mm. Having said that, I'm certainly happy to be exactly where I am right now because I get to share and help some other people out. All right. So when you ask about what's in the box for me, I'll just share really quick because I'm sorry I was working late, but I just want to share. I don't feel I've lost anything. I've just gained just wisdom and and things that, you know, pray for strength and, you know, God gave me obstacles to get that much stronger. So when you said the box, I didn't see anything there except wisdom. So I just wanted to share that. But thank you. I'm sorry for being late, but, you know, I, I, I wanted to know what was in the box. <laughs> That's I'll, all. Sh- I'll share. <laughs> this is Tiercy. Uh, you know, I... I was really, I'm really close with my family and I was getting ready to move to Utah. This is 25 years ago. 
And my older sister and I were talking and she's like, I'm really going to miss you. Our family won't be the same. She's like, you're so fun and you bring so much fun and levity to the family. Well, I lost that in my marriage because it wasn't safe for me to be silly or to be, to be funny. And so I was always criticized for that. So that's something that I was like, oh my gosh, like that's something that's coming back into my life that I'm really grateful for. And so happy because someone told me the other day, they're like, you're so funny and you're so silly. And I'm like, I'm my immediate reaction was like, I'm not that no, it's no, I'm not, but it's, it is coming back is what I lost. And it was something that was so important to me when I was in my early college years. And, you know, and so the fact that someone noticed it that I hadn't told, I felt like that was coming back to my life. It was really a great moment for me. I love that. And we welcome fun. The world lights up when somebody could just be and, and be great that way. I mean, I can't imagine if there's, Crabby patties around us who try to dim the light. Uh-huh. There are. There are, unfortunately. <laughs> so it doesn't even have to be something so deep, you know? It was just... But that has really immensely increased the quality of my my life right now. And post-divorce, that's definitely something I think we all look for. How long have you been divorced now? About six years. So it's been a while. I'm curious to how... What's that like... The number that usually you start to feel, I, I would say four years for me. I just hit four yeah. years and I, <laughs> I just feel like, ah, it's starting <laughs> to get that breathing of it's, it's going to be okay. You're a better learner than me. For me, I took about five. I had someone at work who's like, it's five years, seriously, it's five years for me. But a lot of it really was this group that this hiking group that David's talked about has immensely changed that the ability to be outside in the winter is, has just in such a profound way, I I think changed so much, so many people's lives. And there's a specific hike too, that, that I, that everyone just loves. And I, I'm, but my guess is it'll be the most populated hike this winter it's the one with a swing and it just brings that joy and that's something I think as adults and especially collectively going through something so painful just to experience that it, it was transcendent love this yeah it's it's absolutely it's it's amazing in and Teresa and I were we're talking the other day because I, I probably never stopped talking about it but it's gosh when you see and hear joy coming from people. I like we're 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 adults. We're supposed to be serious. I remember that growing up. Like my my parents, like they were serious people. Um, you know, it's like I was well, maybe it's because I was always in trouble. <laughs> but you know, they they were adults, and adults they they just they do work things, and you know, and they and they make food, and they they cut the grass. <laughs> <laughs> Until you're a teenager, then I took over all that in my household. But it's, you know, they're just, it's always very serious. And, you know, I remember growing up as a, as a like a Gen Xer, you know, the, the adults were, were, were boomers and, you know, they are just definitely a little bit more, more serious people than, than we were. And now as, you know, I'm like my, my parents' age, when I remember them, when I was younger, that, gosh, it's. It's just so damn amazing to see people smile and, and have joy and, and laugh and, 
and cry and, and, and feel and emote and, and do all these wonderful things that, that we got these hikes. And, and the, what Tiercy said is uh, seeing people get on the swing and even that little bit of trepidation, there's a little bit of fear and like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this, but 20 other people have already done it. And now you got this pressure. And I've seen person after person after person after person get on there and you can see the fear. They're holding under like, are you sure I can really do this? And then they go and you hear that first little wee or, you know, that squee of joy <laughs> that we don't, we don't admit anymore. And it's a, it's a damn shame really yeah. that we don't, it's true. Um, but, you know, creating this environment now where people get to get out and experience this and, and be a kid again. And it just, it opens them up and it starts to open your heart up and you start to get to feel again, which sometimes kind of sucks because you've got to work through things when you start to decide that you're going to feel again, but there's, there's room for joy. You know, if you don't have room for, for fear, if you don't have, you know, some, some sadness, you don't know what joy feels like. So actually allowing yourself to feel is going to allow us all to live a much better, colorful, in-depth, exuberant, exciting life. And, and play and joy is a, is a big part of that. And so to circle back with what Tiercy was talking about, I think everybody that was on that, that first one together like that, we're all still friends a couple of years later, which is absolutely amazing. But to see, to see joy when, you know, we've gone through these the divorces or, you know, you've got an, an ex-spouse that is condescending or narcissistic or whatever you want, whatever they may or may not be. Again, it's a, it's a moment of joy. And so people want to keep coming back and they bring their friends back. And that spreads like wildfire that now it raises the quality of your life through the rest of your week. So true. And taking action in life of like knowing, wow, life's short. This is it. Yeah. Get to live it. That is one of the things that, that happens too, is you know, we get on these hikes and we get a little philosophical from time to time. And somebody just stop and observe. And it's like, we get to do this. We get to do this with our awesome friends. And here, right here, right now, this is bliss. This is amazing. This is awesome. And we're going to get to do this again. Yeah. I am loving this conversation tonight. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, David, for being on here and really sharing us with your wisdom, your knowledge, your insight. Like, you know, when I met you, you were just so quiet, said hello. I had no idea behind all of that was all of this. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, thank you to every single one of you for being on here. Because truthfully, what we have the most of precious is our time. And you guys chose to spend it here tonight. And I really hope that everyone's leaving with having gotten value from being here, listening, participating, because it's just much giving and taking. And I am so grateful for everyone who shows up because it's such a huge contribution to me. I grow so much from this. And when you guys choose to spend your time in here, it it means so much to me. So I am forever grateful for how my heart is full every single time. So I'm really, really, I cherish all of it. And I I know that these are just like life connections that get to keep moving forward from these tiny little nuggets that we never forget. So 
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is an amazing time. So Lisa, thank you for, for having me join. And it's great to get to see some new faces and then have a, a couple of really important people to me join on here too. So it's thank you, David. Nice meeting all the new faces here tonight and the ones I get to see all the time. I love you all dearly. Have a great night. <laughs>